Hey everybody, I'm Tiara, and motherhood is hard. So let's talk about it. I'll be bringing you along as I navigate being a wife and mother to a medically complex child on the spectrum. Do you have your coffee ready? This is Stronger Now, the podcast. Hi everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is going to be kind of a continuation of Carter's birth story. Where we left off, I was getting acclimated into the NICU and we were given a new official diagnosis for Carter. But first, I kind of want to update you on life. I went to work out this morning. I went to Grip Cycle, which is the cycling class that I told you guys about in the other episode. And I needed an extra, it's Monday, I needed an extra push to get the week started. So I decided to go to the grit cycle class, which is always, always, always a really, really good class. And the instructors there are so motivational. They make you feel good. They, they're very empowering, motiv- you know, motivating to get through legit 45 minutes of cardio. You need somebody that can really motivate you when doing 45 minutes of cardio. And when I finished the class today, I felt really, really good. I was headed home and randomly I just was overcome by so much emotion. And it really reminded me of how stressed I have been the past couple weeks. And I was driving home by myself, headed back home to the boys and to Andy. And I just broke down in tears. I broke down in tears because it was such a release after, you know, having such a great workout, working so hard to finish the workout, and then being overcome by emotion because the past couple weeks have been so difficult with Carter being sick. And it just felt so good to just like cry it out. I, I'm a crier. I, everybody knows this. I'm a crier. I always say that crying cleanses the soul. I do not see a problem with crying. I will cry at the drop of a dime. And it doesn't always mean that I'm sad. It just means for me, it's like a pure release sometimes. Like sometimes I just need to get it out, cry it out, and I can move forward. And I felt like today was one of those days. Like cry it out. You had a good workout. You worked hard. Cry it out. We can, you know, get the day, get the, get, get the day started. So it was definitely one of those mornings, but um, we pushed through. We pushed through. We had a great rest of the day, and I I felt good after. I felt really, really good after. So I say all that to say that if you need a good cry, it is okay. It is okay to just cry it out. If you need to cry in the shower, if you need to just, you know, sit in the car. If you're on your way home, you need to sit in the car for a couple extra minutes and just have a good cry to yourself, that is totally fine. It is totally fine. If you have somebody, you know, if you have somebody that is your safe space and you just want to just let them know like, hey, I need a good cry and maybe they can hold you or maybe they can just literally sit there with you, I highly recommend, I highly recommend. You don't have to hold anything in. You you know, let it out, let it out. This is my, this is me giving you permission to let it out. But like I said, today's episode is going to be a continuation of how we 
how we received Carter's diagnosis, how we responded to that, and what happens next. So please enjoy the episode. So once we got out of our meeting with the doctors, we kind of didn't understand what Carter's new diagnosis was. We were so consumed with the fact that our our newborn might not survive. We didn't even get to ask any questions that we might have. Um, we didn't even get to ask, you know, what his condition actually was, what it entailed, why it was dangerous. We had so we had more questions than answers out after our meeting with the doctor. And I kind of got the sense that our social worker knew that we had no idea what they were saying in this meeting because we went back to the NICU, sat with Carter, and Andy and I kind of looked at each other. We looked at each other with kind of blank faces because we had no idea what his new diagnosis was, why the doctor even would say that he possibly wouldn't survive. So our social worker came back to us in the NICU and she's the one that kind of broke down Carter's condition, why it's dangerous and what it is and how rare it is. So Carter was diagnosed with a metabolic GI condition. Basically what that means is Carter's metabolic panel, which is our electrolytes, get out of balance and cause severe dehydration. So you and I who have a normal GI tract, our our electrolytes don't get out of whack too often. If they do get out of whack, it would take us days to get dehydrated to the point where it would be fatal. It would take Carter hours to dehydrate to the point where it would be fatal. So obviously this is a really big deal and it's kind of a race against the clock if Carter were to get sick. So what was so interesting about it was that our social worker came to us and she said, look, this is where we're at. Carter is a very sick child and he is one of three children in the U.S. to have this medical condition. When Andy and I heard that, I was like three in the U.S. And she said, yes, three in the U.S. And two of the children were treated at Boston Children's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Mind you, you guys, we're in L.A. We're in L.A. in California. So Boston is on the whole other side of the United States. And the social worker looked at us and she said, so we're talking to the doctors in Boston about treating Carter. And I said, treating Carter, so are you guys going to take him to Boston? And she said, yeah, the doctors are discussing if they're going to airlift him to Boston to get medical treatment. And you guys would have to follow. So not only did we get this life-changing news that our son, one, may not make it past two weeks, Two, if he does make it, he will have to be airlifted to a hospital across the country. And three, that he is one of three people in the United States to even have this condition. At the time, he was one of 20 in the world to have this condition. And unfortunately, there had been children that did not make it. 
So we have, we're getting all this information flooded to us. And Andy and I kind of look at each other and we're like, Boston, like we have never been out of LA. We never been out of Long Beach. So it's, it was a real shock to us by the grace of God. You guys, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how God works in mysterious, mysterious ways, because this was the first sign that I saw that was like, he's good. I I got you guys. We're going to take care of him. So they're talking to the doctors in Boston and a GI doctor at the hospital that Carter was at, was born at, was like, Hey, I know this condition. I've heard of this condition. My, um, senior attending, which is basically like the supervising doctor has treated this condition. And you guys, he treated it at UCLA medical, which is literally 45 minutes away from our house with traffic. It's like 45 minutes to an hour. It's a lot closer than Boston Children's Hospital. So this doctor is like, let me call him. Let me call him and see if he wants to take Carter. So he calls him. And of course, the doctor says, yes, we'll take him. We will treat him at UCLA Medical. So instead of Carter having to be airlifted to Boston Children's Hospital, Carter was transported to UCLA Medical. So we get transported to UCLA Medical. This is two weeks after Carter's born. I also want to tell you guys, so Carter has been alive for two weeks at this point, uh, almost two, almost two and a half weeks. And I only held Carter one time. He was intubated. So that meant that he had a tube down his throat into his lungs, breathing for him. So I couldn't hold him. I couldn't hold him until he was breathing on his own or at least breathing without the machine. So he finally was taken off of ventilation or the ventilator and I was able to hold him. I was able to hold him and it was such a beautiful experience, but it was such an unnatural experience. I had to ask two nurses to help me hold him and I could only hold him for a few minutes because his body needed to regulate his temperature. And so I, I held him for a couple minutes and he held him for a couple minutes and he was back in the intubator. So, but I just wanted to say that little tidbit that I had only held Carter one time before he was transferred to UCLA. So he was transferred to UCLA at 10 o'clock at night two and a half weeks after he was born, we get him all settled in his new home in the new NICU at UCLA. And I was in such amazing spirits. I, in my head, mind you, I didn't know much about his new condition. When we did a quick Google search, there wasn't much that came up about it. And the stuff that did come up about it was a lot of genetic mumbo jumbo that we honestly had no idea what it meant. So I still was kind of in the dark. I had no idea what it meant. I just had my faith and I just blindly was, you know, thinking that the doctors were going to save him. So we get to UCLA. It's at night. And I remember sitting in the lobby because 
we had to wait until the nurses were able to get him settled and um, get him situated because at this time we're visitors. We're parents, but we're visitors in the NICU. So we had to sit in the lobby and I remember taking a photo of the chairs in front of me in the lobby. And I remember putting the caption was Carter's new home. And I was just so hopeful that when we met with the doctor the next day that he was going to tell me, oh, he just needs this pill and this pill and he needs this medicine, he needs this treatment and he's cured. I truly believe that. When when we got to UCLA, I said, oh, this is it. They're going to cure him. And I truly believe that. And I didn't think that we were in it for the long haul. I did not think that it was going to be this complete journey that we are still on to this day. So we go home, we get some rest, and my mom and I prepare to come back the next day to meet with Carter's new world-renowned specialist, GI specialist. And we come back to the hospital and we're walking in the lobby and my mom stops and she says, Craig, and you guys, if anything, remember this name because my mom stops and she says, Craig, and this guy turns around and he looks at my mom a little confused and my mom says, it's Nikki. And he looks at her and he has the biggest smile on his face and he walks to my mom and he gives my mom this huge hug, this warm embrace. And I remember he looked at me and he didn't say anything. He just hugged me. And I don't remember. I like, I don't recognize this person. I don't know this person. He just gives me the warmest, biggest hug. And I honestly fell into his arms I needed a hug so bad at this moment. I remember needing a hug so bad and I just fell into his arms and he looked at me and he said, what are you guys doing here? Turns out this man was our cousin. He was our cousin that lives in LA. And so we don't see, we hadn't seen him in so long. And my mom had noticed him. And he had asked us, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And my mom says, you know, that Carter is in the NICU and he's being overseen by the GI, the, a pediatric GI specialist. And we're here to have a meeting with him. Let me tell you how God works and how he just continued to remind us that we were good, that we were taken care of. So our cousin Craig actually works in the GI department and he actually works alongside Carter's GI specialist. So he was like, I know exactly what doctor you guys are meeting with and I know exactly where you need to go. And he walks us to the meeting and you know, he, we get to the meeting and he gives us another big hug and he says, I have to get back to work, but I will be back to check on you. And you know, I didn't think, you know, I, everybody's like, oh, I'll be back to check or I'll, I'll check in or, 
you know, I'll give you a call and you kind of just feel like, oh yeah, you know, I'll talk to you later. You don't think that this person's going to actually check back in. Oh boy, did he check back in. But anyway, we get to the meeting and we're talking with doctors, with Carter's specialist. And he proceeds to tell us that Carter has this very rare disorder and that he's a very, very sick child and he will need one-on-one care from all of the nurses, all the doctors, and that we're basically racing against time. We have to hydrate him very quickly or he will not survive. But he assured us that they were going to be able to do it and they were going to treat him and that we can expect a long journey, but a successful one. So I kind of, it was kind of a gut punch, even though this doctor was very, very confident, reassured us that Carter was going to be fine and that they were going to successfully treat him. It was a gut punch to me because I just was fully confident that they were going to cure him. And that was not the vibe that he was giving us at all. He was basically saying, buckle up, it's going to be a ride. And I just was kind of praying so hard that, you know, they were going to cure my baby and he was not going to have to suffer. And it was almost the opposite. He was letting me know that this is going to be a hard ride and it's going to be hard for Carter and we need to be strong. So, you know, he leaves the meeting and my mom and I stay at the NICU and we're getting to know the new facility, the new nurses, and who comes by to say goodnight? Cousin Craig. He comes by to say goodnight and he came by every single day after. Every day that we spent in the hospital for what would be seven months, you guys, it turned from two and a half weeks to seven months. Every day for seven months, Cousin Craig was there. Cousin Craig was there to say good morning. He was there to say good night. Every shift he had, he even, let me tell you how amazing this man is. We even, after being discharged and having to come back to the emergency room or if anything happened, any surgeries, anything, Cousin Craig came, whether he was working or not. And he really is a godsend and he really helped us. He he especially helped Andy. He was like, they were like brothers and... We, we needed somebody. We needed family there. We needed somebody to hold us up in this time of need. And God granted us that, that wish. He granted us that prayer in, in Cousin Craig. So I'm, I feel so incredibly blessed that we were given family at the hospital to basically lean on in, in our time of need. So yeah, that was our meeting with the doctor, meeting with the specialist and truly figuring out what the next steps were for Carter. We 
we were along for the ride, you guys. We were, we were like, let's go, let's buckle up. And you know, it's so, I get this question all the time. Like, how do you do it? Or how did you do it? Or, you know, I couldn't imagine. And you just do it. You just do it. I, it sounds so crazy to say, and it sounds really cliche to say, like you just do it. But when you're in the thick of things, you have no, you have no time to think about anything. You just are go, 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 especially, especially when it comes to your kids. When it comes to your kids, you do anything. You get, you know, you do anything you have to do. You put on this brave face for them and you prepare yourself to to fight for them. And, you know, I get that question all the time and I don't know how to respond because I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I still do it. Um, you know, it's, it's harder now because we're, you know, five years in and, um, five years is a long time. It's a long time. And, um, it definitely gets harder every single day. Um, but you develop new tools every single day to conquer hard stuff. So yeah, that was, that was such a time. It was such a time. And when I look back and I think that, you know, God blessed us with having family at the hospital. Like how many people can say that? How many people can say, yeah, I lived in a hospital for seven months, but God blessed us with having a family member that literally works at that hospital. Like I feel so incredibly blessed to have cousin Craig and to have him by our side at every single moment um, when it comes to Carter's care. Like I just couldn't be any more grateful. So yeah, God works in mysterious ways and he continues to give us signs every single day. He gives us signs that, that he's here and to have faith in him and that Carter will be good and he hasn't let us down. He has not let us down. So thank you guys for, you know, tuning in to this part of my diary. I can't wait to deep dive into more topics, more mommy topics. Please, please, please follow me on Instagram at StrongerNowPod. Um, I will be doing a whole lot of like question, um, question and answers, um, polls, see what you guys want to hear more about. Um, I also will be a lot, a lot of more content of Carter, a lot more, um, you know, like daily vlog content, um, coming your guys' way so you can really see what our life is about now. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you guys so much and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Alrighty. Bye guys. Thank you for finishing your coffee with me. As always, I'm sending a big hug. Please don't forget to review and rate this podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at StrongerNowPod. I'll see you next Tuesday for more stories. Bye, guys.